Welcome. Good to be back. I sense uh, the spirit is moving, and uh, I just thank our team uh, up there for how they lead us in, into worship. We'll talk a little bit about that today, too. But uh, this is the part of the worship now where we get to, to share whatever it is that God has placed on your heart to, uh, in order to partner with God to do what he's doing here at New Promise Church. So if New Promise Church is your home church, we um, certainly invite you to participate. Uh, and maybe you've already done that online. There are three ways to give. They're, they're on the screen. And one of the ways is uh, right here, and uh, that's what we'll do here now, and then we'll pray for the offering. Father, we're so grateful and thankful that we can participate, that you open that uh, up to us, that uh, we can be a part of what's going on here at the church, here at New Promise Church, and globally because uh, of the investment made in uh, various ministries, not only here but also abroad. We thank you for that opportunity. Help us to partner with you. Help us to have eyes to see that this is one way to do that. We thank you. We ask your blessing on that is, that has come into the storehouse, that your blessing is upon it, and that you'll multiply it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, have a seat, everybody. It is good to be back. And yeah, I'm still a little resonant in the head. You may, you may hear that, but I'm way beyond the, uh, uh, the point at which I can spread this. Uh, it's been a while, you know. I, I can say that Sally, Sally shares everything. So she shared that with you. She had that before me, and it took her a little while to get rid of everything. So uh, I knew that it would, I, I'm not a very patient person when it comes to uh, 
things of this nature. I just want to, my dad always said, if it doesn't pay you rent, kick it out. And so it wasn't paying me rent. So I said, all right, I'm going to kick this thing out. And uh, so I, I gave my body all the tools that it needed. Everything is going great. I'm feeling so much better. And that, I turned the corner Friday and Saturday morning to the point where I thought, thank goodness, I can breathe again. So I'm feeling just a ton better. Thank you for your prayers. Um, and uh, we're also thankful that Nick is back as well. Uh, what are we doing? Uh, I'm going to share today's message in just a minute and how that came about. Uh, but I've been trying to figure out what we're going to do as a body of believers on Sunday morning. And I think what we'll do in the near future, but not right away, is we're gonna, going to go line by line through the book of Colossians. It's one of my favorite New Testament books for a number of reasons, and I'll share that when we get closer to it. But I think we're going to wait until Easter, or the, the, um, a couple of Sundays, two Sundays after Easter, to begin the book of Colossians. So what are we going to do then uh, in the interim? Well, we have two Sundays uh, to go before Nick preaches before the, the, the Sunday before Easter. I'm here on Easter Sunday. Pastor Nick is uh, again going to be preaching the Sunday after Easter. So what about the next two Sundays? Uh, and in discussion with the elders, you know what we're going to do next week? is we're going to have a, another healing service. We're going to teach on what the Bible talks about when it comes to healing, as in physical healing. And uh, so if you know somebody who's really struggling and really would like to agree in prayer and ask the Lord for healing, then that's going to be the Sunday to invite them. Next Sunday, we're going to have a healing service uh, we have a lot of things going on in the church, um, and so we need to address that, and we need to ask God for His touch. And so, uh, again, next Sunday uh, is going to be a healing service that uh, we, um, we get to ask God to, to reach down. God's, God's hand is not short. His arm is not short. He wants to touch us. And so we're going to ask for that very specifically. Again, it's a great Sunday to ask someone to come to join you, especially if they're struggling uh, physically in some way, shape, or form. Because uh, our God doesn't mind for us to uh, approach him. And we'll get into a little bit of that today, just a little piece of that, a little hint of that uh, in today's message. But before we go into today's message, let's pray that God will open up these scriptures to you. Father, thanks for this day. Thank you for your word, uh, which is just so chock full of treasures, so, so much so that uh, we will be spending eternity enjoying the scriptures that you gave us here on this earth, of course, we will be in your presence, the Word of God. But help us to see what you have for us today as we navigate this 
really crazy world that uh, we have in, yet there are little sparks of hope, and in some cases, big sparks of hope with revival breaking through, with a Jesus revolution breaking through in film and in so many ways. People are really hungry, and so we hunger and thirst for your word. Open it up to us. We ask that your Holy Spirit will make it very evident and clear what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So how did this come about today? Because this is, uh, we were going, going to start Colossians this week, and I uh, came across something uh, a little bit ago, uh, at the beginning of the month actually, when Bill Martin, many of you know Bill Martin, he's a retired television news anchor from Fox 8, now in Florida. He and I do a Bible study online on using the YouVersion app or the Bible app every morning, and we swap back and forth. He picks one, and we enter into it, and then I pick one. Well, this was my turn, and it started on March 1st, <clears throat> and I thought, well, I wonder if there are any 31-day studies. So I did one, I did a search for a 31-day study, and I came up with one that was interesting, and it uh, talked about praying for your country, and I thought, boy, do we ever need that now? How do you pray for your country? How do you pray for a country that, you know, sometimes uh, at, at the, the, the level of what we consume in terms of news is, is being hopeless. Well, it's not hopeless. God's word is entirely counter to that. We'll dig into that today. So I thought, you know what? I need this. I said uh, to Bill, I said, how about if we do this one on uh, our nation uh, and studying what God wants for all the nations of the earth? And he was all for it. So we started this on March 1st, and then when we got to the next one, day two, which was a Thursday, the passage included the first five verses of Psalm 103, and I just stopped and drank it in. I thought, this is rich. This is so rich. I have to share it with you because there's so much going on in the world today. I think you will benefit from it just as much as I did when I really stopped to think what was happening in the first five verses of Psalm 103. You see, when I was reading it, and I, and I looked at each verse separately, all of a sudden each verse pointed to something far bigger elsewhere in the Bible. The Bible says the Bible, the Word of God interprets itself, right? And uh, there's also another spot in the Scripture that this says, a little bit here, a little bit there. You have to go on a search. That's why you read the Bible every day. And then you make these connections. And so when I read these first five verses, along with, I'm going to add verse 17 at the end to kind of wrap it all together, every, every single verse pointed to, to a, a place in the Bible that expanded on it in a way that, I never saw before. And so that's, the, that, that's one of the great things about Scripture. You, you read it in such a way 
that you anticipate what God is going to show you because you, you can read through the Bible dozens of times and then a certain passage will come to life at a certain time and you'll go, I, I never knew that was there or I never saw it in that light before or now I get it because it is a document that is helped to, uh, that, that, that is meant to assist in our journey as believers in Christ. So let's read it together. If you wish to, uh, you may stand as we read Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5, and also verse 17. It'll be up here on your screen. And uh, thank goodness Dan is back uh, to put these notes on the YouVersion Bible app. So they're all there, and you can go on events, click on uh, more and events, and it's the first one that pops up. Hit save so that you can look at it later. So let's read it together, and then we're going to really dig our heels into this line by line. I really think, I'm excited about this. I think you're really going to go, oh, wow, I never saw it like that before. So let's do it together. Psalm 103, verses 1 and 5 and 17. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of your sins and heals your diseases. We're going to do that next week, and we'll talk about that. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Verse 17, but from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. <clears throat> All right. Are you ready to pull this apart line by line? Are you ready for hopefully the same kind of revelation that hit me on the 2nd of March when I did this with Bill Martin? In fact, what I was going back and forth with Bill on was so much, so voluminous at that point. I mean, it's much more so than usual. I said, you're, you're going to tell me to stop because I'm just getting so much out of this today. And he said, no, bring it on, bring it on. So uh, we had a wonderful conversation back and forth, and uh, both he and I just like, wow, this is amazing. So let's pull this apart line by line. I'm going to show you just how rich this passage is, not only for each of us individually, but collectively <clears throat> as a nation, as a nation that needs this right now, that needs to return to its roots. What are our roots in the United States? It was founded on the Word of God. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise, because this nation came about because a group of people, persecuted Christians, came here to have the liberty to 
worship God and to study his Bible. Did you know that the, the, uh, how the education system in America started was to teach kids how to read, but not, not just to teach kids how to read, but to teach kids how to read so that they could read the Bible. That's how our education system began. We've lost track of that. So we need to get back to our roots because as we lose that vision, look at where we are going in society today. We had a little piece of that last week when our guest pastor talked a little bit about that deviation from what God has envisioned for a nation that is truly blessed. So, one nation under God, keep that running through your head as we take a look at, line by line, Psalm 103, the first five verses. The first verse of Psalm 103, verse 1, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Wow. That's powerful to me. We could stop there. We could preach all day on just that. I won't do that. I'll give you a little, little taste of hopefully something that will help you to really grab hold of this in a new way. Praising God is nothing new, right? I mean, we do that here at New Promise Church when we get together. The phrase, by the way, praise the Lord, which shows up in our Bible, shows up almost 200 times. Did you know that the vast majority of those 200 times, the vast majority come from the Old Testament? And from the vast majority of the Old Testament, half of those appear, I'm going to give you one guess as to where most of that appears. Any book in the Bible, anybody want to take a stab in the dark? Psalms, right, that's exactly right. In the book of Psalms, more than half of all of the Old Testament places where it says, praise the Lord, comes from the book of Psalms. In fact, there's one Psalm toward the end where it, praise the Lord is the prevalent uh, phrase in the entire psalm. It's amazing. Praising God lends itself to what? Singing. Well, that's what we do on Sunday morning. We are praising God. We're praising the Lord. I see demonstrative hands going up when we're praising God. That's great. That's a sign not only of submission, but of wanting more of God. To me, when I raise my hands, it's, it can be both, but many times it's wanting more. You're praising him. That's what we do on Sunday mornings. So when we truly praise God, truly praise God from a deep part of your soul, something really, really beautiful happens. You see, Scripture tells us in Psalm 22, 3, one translation puts it, 
He inhabits the praises of his people. Here's another translation from the New Living Translation. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. He is enthroned on the praises of us. Praise the Lord. That's what we do on Sunday morning when we get together. It's not just an exercise of, to, to get our vocal cords warmed up or to sing a song that's going to make us feel good. No, it's there to help us praise God and to invite him into this room. And it's happening more and more and more right here at New Promise Church. I sense it, and I hope you do too, especially when the kids sing. There's something really special when that happens, and I'm, I'm sure you agree. When they praise the Lord, it really cut, does come from a, a special place in the heart. So he, ha he inhabits the praises of his people whenever we praise the Lord. And again, with over half of them happening in the book of Psalms, which is essentially a book of songs, when we sing, we're singing praises to God. Look also what happened to Paul and Silas in prison. For those that, that want to look it up later, it's Acts chapter 16. They were in prison. Now just imagine for a second, yeah, this, this was not house prison. This, this was not a, the kinds of prisons there are today. This was a dungeon. This was a, a really nasty, nasty place. It was cold. They were chained. They were chained on their ankles and hands. They were chained to uh, a Roman soldier on both sides. They, I mean, there was, just imagine, no light. I mean, they were probably in a really dark place. And of course, it was at night. What were they doing? They were praising God. Why? Because Jesus lived inside their hearts. You can live with praises despite your external circumstances, and that's what Paul and Silas were doing. They were praising God, and God inhabited those praises. How? He showed up in a big way. All of a sudden, all of the chains broke off, and not only for them, but for, for all of the prisoners. Read it. It's in Acts chapter 16. Something beautiful happens when you praise God. Now, you may be in a different spot. You're not in prison, but maybe you're not having a great day. Try praising God. It will turn things around. It will change your focus. It will rem remind you who God is. It will remind you of the God that we serve and the purpose that he has for each and every single one of us. You see, the USA in general, and, and this is where we, we take this one verse and we pull it into a collective USA mindset. This is what the USA needs to remember. And the USA needs to begin praising the Lord in these dark times. It's easy to focus on the dark times. Well, I've, I've got a little advice for you. Watch the weather cast and then turn off the TV. 
If, if you're constantly going to get depressed and go, oh, woe is me, well, turn it off. Praise God instead. But don't forget to watch the weather forecast because you do need the weather forecast. Thank goodness I do weather. I mean, I am just so grateful and thankful for that in that way. So when that happens, when you're in a bad place or when you're in a bad way or when life is coming at you full steam in a negative way, stop. Praise God. Just stop and praise God. God will show up. He is going to show up and in a powerful way, just like he did for Paul and Silas. He will. Because if you're confident that that will happen, God will inhabit the praises of you as you praise him. All right, let's go, go on to the second one because I could spend all day on this and we won't get out of here until after the sun goes down, which is a lot later now. And you'll all be out of here saying, what happened to the sun? I thought he was going to be wrapping things up. Let's go to verse two. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Does that sound familiar to you? Does that sound familiar to you? Think back. Think back to last March, April, and May. Do you remember a series that we did right here at New Promise Church called Benefits? Do you remember that? We looked at the benefits of being a Christ follower. I only took five of them, the, what I consider the five pillars, the big pillars, but there's so much more. How many people remember that series? Do you remember what those benefits were? Let's list them from the series and in sequence. Assurance, joy, peace, friendship, and life. Assurance, joy, peace, friendship, life. We spent five Sundays really looking at each of those benefits. There are a ton more. We, we could have gone probably a year talking about the benefits of being a Christ follower, but we spent five Sundays really looking at the, at the five big ones. Okay, let's move on. You ready? Verse three, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Two of the biggest benefits are mentioned right here, right behind verse two, which talks about, let's not forget all the benefits. Just in case you didn't want to go back and look at all of the individual benefits, like assurance, joy, peace, friendship, and life, A, he forgives all of your sins, that's salvation. That's covered in a lot of what we did back in last spring. He forgives all of your sins, not just some of them, not just the ones that you remember, but all of them. If you're faithful, or if you, you, are, if you come to him and confess all of your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us all of your transgressions, not just some of them, all of them. That's wild and then heals your diseases on top of that. That's physical healing. That's, that's not spiritual healing, although we need that too, because he talks about that with salvation. That forgives your sins. That's the spiritual healing, and then 
He heals your diseases. Question for you. I want you to dig deep into this one and think about this one. Was there anyone in Scripture, in the New Testament, anyone where Jesus did not heal or refused to heal someone? Was there anyone? Thank you. No. He healed every single person that came to him looking for healing, physical healing. He, he had compassion. He had a body. He was given a human body. He knows what it's like to be human. And part of his mission was to bring healing to our bodies. Where are we all headed with Jesus' uh, intervention? Well, that's the next question. And by the way, uh, remember the, the, the physical healing, that we're going to have a healing service next week. And perhaps we'll look at the Scripture again and a few others to substantiate the fact that God still heals today. And we had evidence of that right here at New Promise Church when we did that back in March, I think it was, of last year. All right, let's continue. Verse 4. Who redeems your life from the pit and who crowns you with love and compassion. Again, let me ask you, where are we all headed without Jesus' intervention? The pit. That's, that's a euphemism for hell. An eternity without God. That's not a very nice place to go. The pit. Who redeems your life from the pit? Jesus was all about the rescue. That was his mission. It's to rescue us from the pit or from that pit that was waiting for us. We were all headed there without Jesus and without Jesus coming into our lives. That's why it's important to tell as many people and to grab as many people as we can on this side of eternity away from the destination better known as the pit, the hell. But notice what it says beyond that. He goes, it's, it goes beyond just the rescue. That would have been fine enough, but he goes on and says, and crowns you with love and compassion. Wait a minute. After he redeems me from the pit, which is huge, then he crowns me with love and compassion? Here's where it is expanded in another passage of Scripture, and that is the passage of the prodigal son. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. It's a long passage. We're not going to read the whole thing, but write it down. Read it this week. In the frame of who redeems you from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. In the prodigal son parable, when the son goes off and just lives a life away from the father and realizes he can't do it and wants to come back home, what does the son do? He says, look, even the servants have 
have it better than, than I do here. I'm going to go back and I'm just going to be a servant. He was, the humility came back to him. He went back to that house. All he wanted was to just be redeemed from the pit. That's all he wanted. The father did that. The father redeemed him from the pit in this illustration. Because what did the father do when he saw him coming? He ran to him. And he restored him. He redeemed him from this destructive path he was in. But it goes way beyond that. Look what the father does. He crowns him with love and compassion something that the son did not expect, nor was he asking for. What, is, what does the father do? He gives them new sandals, brand new sandals, a clean robe, and a banquet, killing the fatted calf and having this huge banquet. That's crowning someone with love and compassion. That's the expanded version of verse 4. Four, it's expanded in the prodigal son. Look at it. It's, it's amazing. It's like, I never saw that before. It's really cool. He redeems you from the pit, but he crowns you with love and compassion. Verse 5, next one. Who sa satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Thank goodness I feel a lot more like an eagle Saturday and Sunday than I did for the last week and a half. <laughs> I was looking for that whenever I read that. I thought, in fact, that was one of my prayers. Lord, restore my, my energy like, an, like that of an eagle. <clears throat> Let's all remember one thing here as we look at this. Who satisfies your desires with Turn to your neighbor and say, good things. Nice and loud because you're, you're Curtis, your you're nearest neighbor. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Please, this is a good time in, in this evil time when something evil is happening to you. Let's all remember that God is not the author of bad things. He does not arrange for bad things to happen to you to teach you a lesson. He doesn't do that. We get enough bad things tossed at us by our enemy and all of those fallen angels that are trying to trip us up. Our enemy is the source of everything evil. But Scripture does say that he will cause all things to work together for good in the end. That's Romans 8.28. There's a big difference between that. There's a big difference between using something bad against you in order to bring about a good result. God is not the author of bad things. The enemy is, but God can use that in a powerful way. We all have had that experience, I'm sure, in our lives where he has used that bad thing. He's not the author of it, but he can use it. Big, big, big difference. 
God's gifts, God's gifts to each and every single one of us, and, and they're individual, and they're corporate as a nation too. God's gifts to us are all, everybody say all. Every single one, all. They're all good. You, you want some proof for it? Write this down, we're not gonna go there, but there, there are two examples. James chapter one, verse 17, and also Matthew chapter seven, verse 11, that's, <coughs> pardon me, that's the place where Jesus said, if we know how to give good, good gifts to our children, how much more will our heavenly Father do this for us? God's not going to give you a stone or a snake or a scorpion. He's going he's to give you really good gifts. All of God's gifts to us are good. Now, if only we as children would, <coughs> would turn to him. Pardon me. I'll say it once, <clears throat> and hopefully that'll take care of it. So again, <clears throat> we need to turn to him, and he will have great mercy and accent the healing in our nation, and we need that right now. We need to turn to him. Bob and I, Bob Santos and I, were talking about what's happening in the country, the good things, the revival. And it's starting, it seems to be starting with the young people. Thank God. I mean, it started with the young people in the 70s when I was a very young teenager. And Bob remembers that time very well, too. <clears throat> this, this may be an interesting spark that these young people are the ones that are going to spark revival to the nation. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. It's a very familiar verse. If my people who are called by my name, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That's a great promise right now. But stop. Does, does that promise say if everyone in the United States, regardless of your position theologically, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face? No, 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 no. That's not what this says. Where does it start? It starts with my people, God's people. It starts right here. It starts with those that profess Christ, and it could be a small remnant. Look what's happening with the remnant. It's, it's like a fire. It's a wonderful fire, and it's spreading. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, let's humble ourselves before God, and let's seek his face, even with all of the junk going on across the world, let's turn from our wicked ways. Let's focus on every single one of us has something from, from which we need to turn. Those are the wicked ways. 
I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That is a general, broad promise. So that brings me now to verse 17, and we'll wrap it up. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. Ooh. Note the generational blessing here. Did you, did you hear that? It extends beyond yourself. It extends to the next generation and to the generation beyond that. To the children's children. The one precious gift that all of us as parents, as grandparents, as friends to maybe a family that has young ones, we can all be involved in this. As Americans, we can give these children and our children's children to teach them the reverence and the fear of God. Not, and you've heard this before, not the fear as in, I'm so scared of God. That's not what it's talking about. It's a reverence. It is a reverence, or I've also heard it explained this way. You develop a fear of displeasing this God who saved you. You don't want to disappoint him. You don't want to displease him. And heaven knows we all do things that disappoint him. I I can think of a number of things in the last few weeks where I had to stop myself and thought, I know you're disappointed in that because you don't want me to do that. Just immediately repent. And it's, am- it's amazing the forgiveness he is immediate with. You feel that. You sense that. So if we teach that reverence to our children and children's children, or the children and the children's children's uh, of friends and families that we know, well, that's, that's good. One last question. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for then? Let's begin now and fill our mouths with praises because of the expansion of this, we know that it is just, it's, it's just phenomenal. I hope you take the time to read some of those other passages that point to these first five verses of Psalm 103 in context of what we're going through as a nation. And if you don't have Jesus in your life and you sense that you need that, that's a great place to start. In fact, that's the only place to start. I'm going to invite you to do that today, or if maybe you've strayed from God and you need to get right with him again, this is the time to do it. Close your eyes if you would. This is a time only between you and the Lord, and uh, if you would like to today receive the redemption from the pit that is your inevitable destination unless you receive Christ. If you'd like to do that today, very quietly, raise your hand. Praise God. Fantastic. If you have strayed from God, you've followed him all of your life or as much of your life as you know, but you know that you've strayed, 
and you need a renewed energy or you need a renewed touch from God, raise your hand. Fantastic. Yes. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these hands that see their desperate need for you. Yet even in our desperate need, when you pull us up out of the pit, yet you still crown us with compassion and love and and grant us so much more. And that's why we praise your name. We praise you because you are worthy. We thank you, Father, for for everyone here who is looking for ways to praise you in a deeper way. Let us, let the praises of our mouths now as we conclude our service today with this last song, let the praises of our mouths be the place that you inhabit, that you come down and touch us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to stand as we um, sing this last song, let's sing like you never sang before sing you his praises. Ship. 
The end draws near And my time has come Still my soul will sing your praise Unending Ten thousand years and then how the song was probably selected before today's message was developed, but how hand in glove it was to, to end with this song. And I hope you worshiped like, maybe, maybe not never before, but maybe worshiped uh, in a way that it's been a while since you've done that. Yeah, this country could use the praises on which the Lord will inhabit, and that's the way it's going to spread. There's hope for this country. I'm an optimist. I'm not a pessimist. I, I try to ignore the negative, and there's a lot of positive because we have a lot of God's people that want to inhabit or that, that want to be the, the, the place that God sits on those praises. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this day. Uh, thank you that, that you just, just absolutely opened up my eyes in, in, in this on March 2nd, and I just simply had to share it uh, and uh, put everything aside because uh, of your rich gift to me and helping me to see and, and to grab hold of uh, your verses in, in this special Psalm 103. 
help us to praise your name at all times. And we pray that you will inhabit them in powerful ways. And including next week when we look for your healing touch. Bring to mind anybody that uh, we can invite next week uh, so that uh, they too can feel the benefits of being a Christ follower, and there are so many. Father, thank you for this uh, journey today. Prepare us for the week ahead as uh, we head for the back doors, and we do know that the mission fields are just outside those doors, that it is not a call to go home to comfortably live lives, but to live lives with our light shining on a hill and with salt that's going to salty up and season the path of those people that we witness to during the week in so many ways. Help us to keep open to, to every opportunity as we go through this week and until we get back together next week. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The chairs do need to be put away, so we ask some able-bodied men Otherwise, we'll see you out there for some refreshments. I'm looking forward to uh, saying hello again.